Okay, so if you need a Bible, uh, grab one from over there. We have some church Bibles. If you've got um, uh, got a Bible app on your phone, then we are looking at Proverbs chapter 1, um, and we use the ESV version. So, I'm, I have no doubt that many of you spend a lot of time making decisions in your workplace. I wonder how many important decisions you make in a day. I think the higher up the food chain you go, the higher up the management structure you go, the more important decisions you make every day. I think that there was a famous quote, I'm afraid I forget who made it, but he, uh, he said, I need to make a hundred decisions every day and if I get more than half of them right, then I've had a good day. Now, that doesn't really help us when we need to make big life decisions, does it? That is when we start to pray for wisdom. Strange, we don't pray for wisdom at any other time, but when we have to make those big life decisions, we suddenly get the need to pray for wisdom. And immediately our mind should be thinking, when we, in a Christian setting, immediately our mind should be thinking of uh, that Bible story of Solomon. Now, Solomon was uh, David's son, the golden age of the Israelite kings. And God came to, uh, came to Solomon at night and asked him what he wanted. And rather than Solomon saying peace or riches or wealth, uh, he asked for wisdom to rule. And the very next day, he was approached by two women. Um, and one of, the, one of the women had uh, rolled over and smothered her baby in the night. Uh, it's a horrendous situation. And then decided to claim the other baby. So these two women both claimed the same baby. And they came before Solomon and asked, what should we do? This baby is, uh, this baby is mine. And that's a, that's a difficult decision. And Solomon, being blessed by God with wisdom, asked that the baby be cut in two. What a, it's, it's a horrible thing to, to say. Right near the beginning of your reign, this is deciding on what, how people view you. I can imagine that uh, no prime minister or president would, would make this kind of decision, this kind of call. But Solomon said, let the baby be cut in two. And the mother whose baby it was cried out saying no. The other mother stayed silent and so obviously this was the mother of the baby. And so he said, give this baby to that mother. Well, perhaps your decisions aren't quite as dramatic as that, uh, but you may think in terms of your life that they are just as important. Um, and... Well, if you were listening to the sermon that I gave two weeks ago, what would be the answer to how would you find the wisdom for this? Well, I said at the time, read your Bible. But you can just imagine Solomon thinking, well, looking through his scriptures, mother, mother, maybe in the index, M for mother, no advice here. B for baby, no advice. And if you think about it, 
what kind of scriptures would tell you what to do in that kind of situation? How can we gain wisdom in those kind of situations? Does, the Bible doesn't tell us directly every single situation that you have. Should I choose the job where my friend is at, but the boss isn't so good, or the, uh, the, the job where I get maybe paid a little bit less, but I know I've, I've met the boss, the, my boss seems really, really good, seems really supportive, but I only had an hour interview with him. Does the Bible give us information about that? Does the Bible give us you know, direct instructions about that? Well, no, it doesn't. So how do we gain wisdom? So, and also, what is it? As much as we kind of know what wisdom is when we see it, it's still quite hard to describe, isn't it? Is it a case of just making the right decisions? We know that it's not knowledge. I quite like the saying, and I, I, I quite like giving this to my students. Intelligence is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. But again, that doesn't really help us in this case either. So again, I'm going to, well, I'm going to direct us to the Bible. Um, now, again... Craig uh, must have thought I do have a lot of time on my hands. Two weeks ago I said he decided to give me the longest chapter in the Bible uh, and uh, so I must have a lot of free time on my hands. I think he heard me. I don't think he realised I was being sarcastic because this time he gave me, gave me the whole of Proverbs to speak about wisdom. Um, instead of looking at the whole of Proverbs, we're going to... Um, the first nine chapters are an introduction to, uh, to Proverbs and the first chapter is an introduction to that. So it lays out, with, with most of the books in the Bible, it kind of lays out what's going to come. So we're going to read the first, ver uh, first seven verses of the first seven, uh, first, sorry, first seven verses of the first chapter. So if, you, if you've got your Bible, please turn, to, uh, turn with me to check that I'm saying what I'm saying is right, uh, and maybe ask questions afterwards. Uh, chapter one, verse one to seven. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, let the wise listen and add their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let me pray as we move on. Father, we thank you that you, we, you have given us your word in many forms, in lore and in uh, stories, parables, in riddles, in song and in letters. Lord, we pray that you open up your word to us today so that we can better know you and know how to read your word to us. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, Proverbs contains 51 sayings about wisdom in its 31 chapters. And right from the beginning, Solomon lays out his intent. Verse 2. Look down at verse 2. It says, 
Proverbs will teach you wisdom and self-control. I'm going to break uh, my sermon down into four questions. A bit more than that, normal three. You'll be relieved to hear the quite quick uh, sections. The first one is, what is wisdom? Well, we know that it's not knowledge. So let's read verse two again. To know wisdom and instruction to understand words of insight... It's more than that, though, verse 3. To receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equality. So wisdom is a learning uh, about learning what is right and honest and fair. Sorry, not equality, equity. I, I misread that. So righteousness, what is right? Justice, what is honest? And equity, what is fair? But beyond knowledge, it is understanding. You see in verse 2, to understand words of insight. You see, some of you know that I'm a maths teacher, and the thing I keep on going, uh, going on about to my students is practice. I, can, I spend very little time talking about theory. I spend very little time walking them through a, a method. I spend very little time uh, asking them to memorize stuff. I've talked about before that I very rarely say you need to memorize this and when I do it's important but it's about practice so sometimes uh, kind of other the older students wander by my classroom and just see my class getting on with work and sometimes I get a little bit bored so I crack jokes they, they don't find it funny but it's not for them it's it's for me to entertain myself because they need to get on with the practice and yes, I will answer their questions and, you know, I will yeah, understand, having had a few years of experience, understand where their errors are and be able to correct that. But what they need to do is do a lot of varied questions to ensure their understanding. You see, they need to put it into context. Look down at verse 20. It says... Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. How long, O oh simple ones, will you love being simple? You see, wisdom is not locked away in some stuffy library. It isn't found in the Bible college or some highbrow university. I'm sure there is wisdom in EduCity, in MCM, in Raffles. But you see, wisdom is out there. It's on the streets. It's in context. It is for everyone. It's clear here. Um... And this brings kind of this brings me to the second my second question: Who is it for? In this context, we can we can see that it's out there on the streets. It's in it's 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 not you know it's it's for everybody. Let's look at look down back to the verse at verse four. So to give prudence to the simple. Now, simple in this context does not mean uh, what we commonly think of simple as a little bit uh, mentally challenged, uh, a little bit dumb. It just means ordinary. It means uh, someone who's young and still 
inexperienced. So to give prudence to the simple, uh, simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise hear and increasing, uh, increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. And again, the wise here is not uh, said in a sarcastic tone in, uh, as in other, um, other contexts. The, here it's talking about the wise as in an older person, a more experienced person. And to the one who understands already. So fairly much everyone, to the young and to the old, to the simple and to the wise, to the one who already understands. Something that I am guilty of and struggle with is uh, being a bit cynical. And I think I have been for a long time, probably since I was a teenager, thinking that I know it all. And, and that God has taught me many lessons on humility. If I listen to a sermon sometimes, I might dismiss it as, oh, this is not teaching me anything new. When, uh, or I might say, think... I might know more than the person who's speaking. The same as what used to happen when uh, someone came in to talk, talk to uh, our staff room in my last school. We were I had an incredibly um, capable colleagues, but when somebody came in to speak to them, they were very quick to dismiss them, very quick to judge. And I have to confess that at times I was among them, thinking that they had nothing to teach me. You see, wisdom is for everyone. And here is my plea. Please do not take on this arrogance. Be teachable. Be humble and be teachable. The Bible often uses the word wise with a very sarcastic tone. Those who think themselves wise. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 says, Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not know him. So those who are wise in Israel did not recognize Jesus. Those who were the teachers of law did not acknowledge Jesus. The Pharisees rejected him, as did the rest of uh, Jerusalem. God was pleased through foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews, a foolishness to the Gentiles. Those who consider themselves wise are the ones who are not humble. They are teach. Uh, they're not teachable so God's wisdom falls on deaf ears God's wisdom is useless to those who consider themselves wise so if you're here today and you think you're wise if you think you're teachable please think again because God's wisdom is useless to you if you are if you do Proverbs 26 verse 12 says do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than him. Who is it useful for? 
Wisdom is useful for everyone at every stage in life. So, third question, how does it teach? Well, this goes back to the story of Solomon. Proverbs is different from any other book in the Bible. In fact, Proverbs was collated, really, by Solomon. Not all of it was written by Solomon. The first section was written by Solomon. We have other authors. It, does give, uh, it, it doesn't give us the same kind of teaching as laws or even the narrative that we, the letters that we find from Paul uh, and others in the New Testament. Those are very, very clear. This is right. This is what you should do. Proverbs doesn't do that. It gives you riddles and asks questions of us. Verse 6, these, these writings are for understanding a proverb and their saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. You see, we generally know what is right and wrong. We have a conscience. When people come to you to ask for advice, for wisdom, it's very rare that they'll say, I've got to decide whether whether I should steal from the company. I don't think, I don't know whether anyone's ever come to you to ask that advice. They know it's wrong. So wisdom isn't about making those decisions whether it's right or wrong. We have the laws for that. Very rarely will someone come to you to ask for advice um, saying, I wonder whether I should lie to my boss. What do you think? Maybe occasionally they might say that, but they'll put it into a context where they think it's right. But they will know that that is wrong. The answers are very clear in a very black and white way. Proverbs, on the other hand, is, is different. We're given riddles, we're given little sayings. And as a teacher and educator, I love this. It makes people think. And often children and adults and myself sometimes, we hate to think. Popping up on my, my YouTube channels is, is the, uh, t, uh, um, the TED Talks, sorry. The TED Talks that, that are riddles. And sometimes I just skip past them because I can't, I'm just too tired to think, you know. I, and some of them, I, I, you know, I find you know, just, I don't want to look a fool. If I can't answer it, I don't want to get frustrated by it. But as an educator on the other side of the fence, obviously I love it. To get people to think. Let me give you an example. Proverbs 11.24 says, One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. Now, some of you are thinking that, that. Yeah, that's a wise saying. That's, that's true, isn't it? But it doesn't make sense in, a kind of, in any normal sense. One person gives freely and yet gets more. He's very generous and yet seems to be, get, you know, be getting lots more. Another person is miserly, withholds stuff, saves stuff, and yet comes to poverty. The author here is just laying it out there getting you to think about it. Why would that be? Have a think about why that would be. 
how does that apply to you? How does that apply to your situation? Here's another one. Proverbs 27 verse 7 says, One who is full loathes honey from the comb, but to the hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. So if you're full, if you've eaten your full, honey will be, won't taste very nice. It will be disgusting, maybe. Imagine if you've eaten as much as you want. And they, you know, just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. I was like, oh, no, please, no more. Okay. And the hungry, even the bitter, tastes sweet. And while some of you are probably thinking, what's for lunch? I know there's a few people in here. Some of you are thinking about that and thinking, yes, that's got a good, yes, that's relevant to a different situation that has nothing to do with eating. Because these proverbs are getting you to think about how these things can be put into a different context. And hopefully when you read the proverbs, you might start to think, Oh, it's not talking necessarily about eating here. I saw an interesting article, I don't, a little video. I don't know whether any of you follow Nas, uh, Nas Daily. He does a video every day, very short, quite inspirational video. Yesterday's was a very serious one about you know, just remembering those, uh, a couple of celebrities who committed suicide and saying, how can we change society to uh, to cope with the you know, to, to talk freely about uh, mental health problems well I find it interesting that it's yeah you know, I mean suicide does affect a lot of situations but I see a lot of people who are have seemingly got everything especially in uh, in the, the school that I work in where you have a lot of wealthy parents a lot of famous parents a lot of parents who seem to have it all and they struggle as much as anyone and unfortunately the outworkings are sometimes among the you know, we see in the, in the students they seem to have it all the wealth, the fame, the security, the comfort I wonder whether this proverb one who is full loathes honey from the comb but to the hungry even the bitter tastes sweet whether that has any saying on that you may, may not agree. I think that's, this speaks very much to that. So you see, wisdom is taught in a very different way to knowledge. We can read the Lord and learn the Lord's. As the Pharisees did, they were known. I mean, nowadays the word Pharisee is, uh, is used for somebody who knows their law back to front and is a bit nitpicky about it. Okay? Don't run, even if the, the building's on fire. Those kind of rules. They knew their laws back to front. They had knowledge, but no wisdom. So wisdom is taught in a very different way. It takes us to engage and cogitate to get its full, again, its full benefits. And even then, in years to come, we can come back to it and gain some more. And my final, final question is this. How do we make sense of all of this? 
How do we make sense of all this, you know, this wisdom that we have in Proverbs? Well, it's here in our last verse. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. In fact, this phrase, the fear of the Lord, is repeated throughout the, the Proverbs. Some of you already know that there is a later chunk of Proverbs that was directly stolen from Egyptian sayings, Egyptian wise sayings. So, not Jewish at all, not some, you know, not uh, by Christians or those who believed in God, uh, the God of the, the Israelites, uh, our God. The, author, the, author, the authors, however, interject that, those sayings, with comments that are irrelevant, that, sorry, that those sayings are irrelevant without the right fear of God. Not a fearful, run away from God type of fear, but the kind of fear that you might have for a boss that you, re you respect. Just last night at supper, I was having supper with a couple of other teachers. And one of the teachers quoted, uh, I don't know how this came up, but one of the teachers uh, quoted to me uh, Machiavelli by saying, it is better to be feared than loved. You probably all know that saying, uh, it is better to be feared than loved. I replied, well, I think that the best teachers are both feared and loved. And we then went on to talk about various teachers that we knew. And you can probably think about teachers you knew who were both feared and loved. My old housemaster was this big bear of man. He had a, you know, very quick temper, but then it would, you know, not, not in kind of a nasty way, but justified, but then it would blow over within an hour. He was kind of building you up and encouraging you again. Both feared and loved. We wouldn't cross him uh, except by accident. You see, it's that kind of fear that it's talking about. The word Lord can be found 86 times in Proverbs. So anyone doubting that the context of Proverbs is in a fear of God, taking God out of Proverbs just doesn't make sense. One of my memory verses uh, that has hold, held true through very difficult times and good times as well is Proverbs 9 verse 10. And I'll just about leave you with this one. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of the... Uh, sorry, the fear of the Lord is be the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is be the beginning of wisdom. It will seem ridiculous to any non-Christian. How can... Fearing your God start you on a path of wisdom. But hopefully as Christians, you will have got a glimmer of that today. And you, know, you, have, you have got that you know, understanding in your life. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You see, without God, there is no point in trying to gain wisdom. Wisdom is only found in firstly fearing God and putting Him first. Please, please, please be humble, be teachable. Through Proverbs and through the rest of the Bible, God wants to teach you wisdom 
and your life will be much better for it. Let me pray. Father, thank you for giving us uh, the Proverbs to teach us wisdom. That in those difficult decisions in life, we can put you first and we will have a good idea of what is right and honest and fair that will honour you so that our paths may be, may be made straight. Lord, we pray that you bless us with wisdom. You open our hearts and our minds to understanding your wise sayings and riddles that we can apply it to our lives and to help others. In Jesus' name, amen.